I'm glad you weathered this cold weather today, and I think you're going to be uh, glad you did. For those of you that are online this morning and stayed snuggle in bed and just watching right there, shame on you. And uh, so, God bless you this morning. It's all good. God is faithful. But... Um, it is winter here in Ohio, so we're, we're up for it. You know, I was watching a football game last night, and uh, it was like 28 degrees below zero wind chill factor. And, uh, man, you had 60,000 fanatics out there cheering for their team. Can you imagine if your team lost and you just suffered through all that cold? Wouldn't that be horrible? Well, anyway... Uh, and then there was these crazy people that was out there with no shirts on. I mean, just out there with no shirts on. It, it, like it wasn't 28 below zero. And, and you say, well, what's that all about? I, 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 well, part of that's craziness. And, 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 and part of that's they're just fanatics. They're just fans, fanatical, someone that's a fan. And, uh, you know, I remember when I first got saved, and I, I don't know, I've been saved a couple years, and I was doing a radio program. I got invited as a guest for a radio program back when I lived in Columbus. And, and uh, the interviewer said, well, man, you, you're just on fire. You're a fanatic. And uh, I said, well, I guess I'm a fanatic. And he goes, well, you know what a fanatic is, don't you? And I said, what's a fanatic? He said, somebody that loves Jesus a little more than you do. <laughs> Amen. So those fanatics, they just love that their team a little more than you did. So anyway. God is good. I got a great word for you this morning. Those of you that are online, stay tuned as long as you can, because I believe this word's going to help you. I'm going to start a little bit this uh, uh, next few weeks. I'm going to talk about faith, because faith is life-changing. But how can faith change your life if you don't know what it is, if you don't know how it operates, and you don't know what role it plays in your part, where it comes from, how you keep it, how you activate it? When I was growing up... <clears throat> on the west side of Columbus, and uh, uh, they're on 346 South Burgess Avenue as the actual address. There's amazing the things that you remember as an old man, 346 South Burgess Avenue. And, um, you know, the question always went around when you were a kid, and I don't know, maybe this happened to you uh, in the neighborhood at different times around Sunday or Christmas or Easter. The question would always come up, what faith are you? And I'm like, what faith are you? What, what faith am I? Well, some people would answer, well, I'm Presbyterian. And others would say, "My, I'm Catholic. And, and others would say, I'm Baptist or, or whatever they were. And I'm like, well, <clears throat> we don't go to church anywhere. I, I guess I don't have any faith. I must be an atheist. But your faith is not... Um, Faith, the definition of faith isn't what religious institution that you subscribe to. Uh, faith is so much more than that. Faith is a personal thing. Faith is something given to us by God. Faith is for an absolute purpose for your life. So let's, let's start here this morning and let's go to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. We've got some scriptures we're going to get to. I... I, I I, I, sometimes I, I, I try to get in too big of a hurry to, to get a word out. I just want to kind of get this, and if it takes a few weeks, it takes a few weeks. Uh, so let's go to Romans chapter 12, and uh, 
Let's see what it has to say to us. Romans 12, and let's look at verse 3. Romans 12, 3. He'll probably put it up there if he's got it this morning. If not, you can uh, follow along with your neighbor's Bible if you didn't bring yours. And if there's nothing underlined in your neighbor's Bible, uh, they probably don't spend much time there. No, just kidding. Uh, it's, It's a new Bible. I mean, when I first got saved, it was a race to underline everything that you read. So the person next to you could just say, oh, man, they must really read their Bible. Look, they got, they got markings in there. They got stuff underlined. Man, they're deep. And then they would turn to that chapter and verse like, well, it takes you three minutes. You're still in uh, uh, Job, and they're already at Romans. <sighs> It's all good. All right, let's look at this together. Verse 3, for I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Okay, so faith is dealt out to every man in a measure. Now, Thessalonians has a scripture in there that talks about that the unrighteous or the wicked are not of this same particular faith. So people would say, well, this, this, this means God gives every man the measure of faith. This particular faith is talking about and subscribing to those that believe. This is a faith that is dealt to you after you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's why Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says that this faith that is dealt to every man comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if faith comes by hearing, then that means faith must go by not hearing. And so, and and it talks about believing over there and says, how shall they believe in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear unless there is a preacher? So the preaching of the gospel, you as a Christian, your witness, the witnessing of your faith has great tremendous value because when you share the faith that God has given you through the word of God to others that do not know and have not heard, now this measure of faith to believe, this salvation faith to believe, now becomes available to them. So uh, how are they going to know on a God in whom they not hear? How are they going to understand a gospel in whom they've, they've not heard unless somebody tell them? So it is a responsibility to us to share the faith that God has given us. Uh, the Bible talks about in the talents, the, the parable of the talents. Uh, the Bible says that God gave to one man five talents and to another man, uh, and this, this is money, shekels, or, and it actually says, we, we, we say in English as a talent, and some three and some one. And so the one God gave five talents to, he went out and multiplied it. And when Jesus reached, the Bible says when his master returned, he had doubled the talents that he'd given him. The one that had the three did the same thing. He doubled the talents that were given him. And when his master returned, he gave him a reward. And then the last one who had one talent, he said, I knew that you reap where you did not sow. He said, and I was afraid. So I took what you gave me and I buried it in the ground. 
because I was afraid. And if you break that parable down, basically it's not talking about investing your money, although it's a good thing to invest money, but it's talking about the talent, the gift that God gave you. If you read the context of the whole parable, it's talking about you sharing your faith to the ability that God has given you, right? So it's important. Some people have huge platforms. Some people may never get a platform. You know, as I watch my girls sing and my, my son is watching online, my other son is here this morning, and, and this is a result of using the little talent that God gave me and sharing it and giving it away. Don't hold it. That's why the enemy always wants you to keep your mouth shut about what you believe. He wants to silence you as it pertains to the faith that God has given you and placed on the inside of you. So don't say, if you're a born-again believer here this morning, that you do not have faith because God has given you that measure. And your faith can become stronger through exercise like a muscle if you continue in the word. So if, in other words, if God has given you the measure of faith for salvation and that you believe that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and that he's returning again and that he has forgiven you of your sins and he has given you the hope for eternal life, then the faith, the measure that is in you can be activated and used for the kingdom of God and help you fulfill the purpose that God has called you to. So if you're born again, if you know Jesus, if you're a believer in Christ and you continue continually come back to the word. Remember, faith cometh by the word, right? And the hearing of the word of God. So if you have that measure, you want to strengthen that measure, you want that faith to grow, you want to become more stable in what you believe, you don't want to be shaken at, at every turn, at every wind of doctrine. If you want to be stable, if you want to live in constant victory, regardless of what you see going on around you, because life is not fair, it'll continue to throw unfairness at you, it'll continue to cause you an emotional roller coaster in your life. Build the measure of faith that God has given you. Now, <clears throat> let's look at it this way. Now, there are some guys that are just huge, big bodybuilders, and you would see these big muscles, right? And you would think, man, that muscle is big, and they have more muscle than I have, and you could punch it, and it could be rock solid. But me, on the other hand, now my muscles are rock solid, but they're just not that big, right? In other words, it, it, you can still have a rock-solid muscle of faith, and it doesn't matter how big the package is or how large the grace is that it comes in. In other words, everybody's not called to do the same thing. You might your, your muscle might be rock solid inside of a big package. That doesn't mean your muscle in, of faith cannot be rock so, solid in a smaller package. And he says to each one that used that faith and the talent that God gave them to him, he came back and said, well done, that good and faithful servant with the rock solid faith within that small package, enter into the rest. You've been faithful over a little. I will make you faithful. I'll give you, I'll give you a reward of much. The man with the big muscle, the man with the small muscle, they were both rock solid. 
You can't help, I can't help it that I can't sing and preach. Right? I can, I can just preach a little bit. Some people can sing, preach, and play the piano. They got a bigger box that they got to exercise, and they're responsible for more of that talent. But don't think that what God has given you is insignificant and doesn't serve an eternal purpose and that it cannot be life-changing for those that are around you. And don't think the guy that can play, sing, and preach, and dance has got a bigger reward coming than you have coming. As a matter of fact, his reward may not, uh, may, not, may not be as big as your reward if he doesn't take responsibility for the talents of singing, preaching, and dancing. Right? Make full proof of your ministry. Take everything that God has given you. Don't compare yourself with somebody else. You're not called to walk in that package. You don't have the grace to fulfill that. But whatever you have, God has called you to fulfill, in that you've had, you have the grace and you can strengthen that muscle and it can be rock solid. And the only way to strengthen that faith muscle is stay in the word of God. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. If you have the measure of faith that you received when you came into salvation and you don't exercise that faith, the Bible says faith without works is dead. And if, if that muscle, muscle is soggy, flabby, well, there's still muscle in there. How you know? Because you can still move your arm, but it's not strong, it's not solid. The Bible says faith without works is dead. If you got a, a mushy faith muscle, then that faith is dead. In other words, it's not producing for you. How many of you want to be a producer in this life for Christ? How many of you want to do something for the Lord? If it's just to win your neighbor, be an example to your children, live a life of victory, where everyone around you is just attracted to you like a magnet because you emulate the person of Jesus Christ. You're walking in confidence and boldness in him. You're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation. You're exercising that muscle. If you don't exercise that muscle, someone comes up and challenges your faith, you're going to cower. You're going to be like you're going to be like the you're going to be like Peter when they were when Jesus was on trial. You know the story. Peter was watching Jesus be tried by Pontius Pilate, and he, he was being brought before the Sanhedrin, and, and they were they were persecuting him. and And one a little girl came up to Peter and said, "Aren't you with Jesus? Aren't you one of them?" And Peter denied Christ three times while he warmed his hands by the fire of the world. He did not want to be recognized as one of those because that being one of those might produce persecution and rejection. Christianity is not for the weak. Christianity is not a crutch for the feeble. If you're going to be a man or a woman of God, if you're going to walk with God in his word, you're going to have to stand independent of what the world thinks of you. You're going to have to stand strong in the face of suffering and persecution for what you believe. And it will take faith to do that. 
You may have the faith to get to heaven, but you may not have the faith to stand against the hatred and the adversary, Satan, your adversary, and what he tries to throw at you to shipwreck your faith, to take God's faith out of your heart, to to nullify you, to cause the faith and the measure of faith that God gave you to be dead, inactive, not producing. This ain't you. We're men and women of faith. We believe what God's word says, and we're not ashamed of it. We're not, what people, we're not afraid what people will think of it. We're not afraid what people will say about us. You know, I was watching something on, uh, I think it was Fox News this morning. They were talking about the most persecuted religion in the world today is Christianity. It's taking place all around the world, statistics say. Why do they persecute Christians? Because the, the pers- truth is always persecuted. People hate the truth. They would rather believe a lie and be damned and accepted by this world and its system than stand in faith believing. I've got a measure of faith and I know in whom I have believed. And I'm not putting that faith for what I can obtain or receive in this life. It's for the life to come. I'm standing on my faith based upon an eternal hope and I'm standing here now as though it has already happened. I can't be shaken. We're going to get to that here in just a moment. So are you going to stand up for what you believe? And this might, this might cost you something. I was, I was listening to a, I mean, this is real. I was listening to a, a TikTok live the other day. It was a debate of, of, of Muslims and Christians, and, and it was questions and answers. Very, very good question and answer. And this, this Christian was sharing his faith, and he really dissected the gospel very well to this Muslim. And not only did he know his Bible, he knew the Quran and knew what the Quran said. And this Muslim said, and he was in Morocco, and this Muslim said... The, the Christian asked the Muslim, do you have a Bible? He said, no, I'm from a Muslim family. I was raised Muslim. I can't even bring a Bible into my home. I might not just lose my family, I could lose my life for bringing a Bible into my home. This is how much truth is hated, resisted, and rejected. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What they do to him? They beat him, they kicked him, they mocked him, they crucified him. But Jesus is the truth. What does that mean? They put him in a tomb, but you can't keep truth buried. Truth is eternal. It cannot die. It'll be here long after you're gone. It was here a long time before we got here. Why? Because truth is not uh, measured in a span of time. Truth is before time ever was. It's eternal, unchangeable. It is the word of God, and Jesus Christ is the truth. Somebody say amen. It's a very persecuted, truth is persecuted. The Bible says that people love darkness more than light because their deeds are evil. Truth will require an acknowledgement of the reality of God. And if you come to the knowledge of God, then you, 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 you're going to have to make a decision. Will I see what God says? Will I be, do what God wants me to do? 
Will I sacrifice my own will? My, will I submit myself to his word, my own ambitions, or will I not? It's a hard thing to submit oneself to a higher power than you, a God in whom you cannot see with your eyes. And you think that he's not present because you can't see him. Oh, he's here. He's present. He's watching. He's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotential. He's all-powerful. This is God. But he operates within a spectrum of his word, and he is anchored to it. He will not be shaken off of it. Somebody say amen. This is the God that we serve. I'm so glad I'm saved, aren't you? So he says that this measure, you have this measure of faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got it. Yeah, you got it. If you're watching online, turn to your neighbor and say, you got it. <laughs> now, why aren't you in church if you got it? No, just kidding. Just, just It's a joke, I know. I'm glad you're watching. All right, now let's go to... <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to dive, dive a little more into this. Hebrews chapter 1. And as you're turning there, um, you can write this down and look at it later. It says in Habakkuk chapter 2. Oh, gosh. No, turn to Habakkuk. I'm not going to skip it. It's just too good. Go to Habakkuk. I'm going to take my time and say, take your time, preacher. Yeah, all right, let's just go to Habakkuk. Hachua tobacco. <laughs> Habakkuk, one of the minor prophets. So good. We're getting to see this. We're, we're unwrapping this faith thing. He says, I, verse 1, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand upon my watch and I and set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. So this is a guy, a prophet standing waiting to hear from God. Verse 2, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision down and make it plain upon tablets that he may run with it that read it. Verse 3, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Now most people stop right there and preach a great sermon on vision and your future, how to establish it, yada, yada, yada but we can't stop there. Verse four is a must. Behold, his soul which is uplifted and is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. So he's basically talking about uh, the proud and the haughty, the Babylonians. Uh, if we go back into context, I'm not gonna, we won't get in, no need to get into all that today. But uh, suffice it enough right here that his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. The proud, the haughty, 
In other words, those that can think that they can do it on their own. They can manage this without God's word. He says, but the just shall live by faith. So faith is very important. Here in Habakkuk, it says, and it also repeats it in uh, the New Testament, that you are to live by faith. Live by faith. As we say all the time, live by. And we don't even know what faith is, nor how it works. How, how can we live by something we don't even know how it works? We don't even know what God says about it. We, don't, we couldn't recognize it if it slapped us in the face. We just, we just think we wrap all of our belief of faith based upon, well, I'm a Catholic, that's my faith. Well, I'm a Presbyterian, that's my faith. I'm a Hindu, that's my faith. I'm a Buddhist, that's my faith. That's not faith. And we have to know what it is because he commands us to live by it. Turn to your neighbor and say, live by faith. Now, he also, if we, we could just break that down, if you want to talk about a vision and talk about accomplishing that which God has called you to do, he said, it's going to take faith to get there. Write down what I tell you. Write down what I've placed in your heart. Write down that desire that I put there. Write down uh, the, that, that goal, that, that future, uh, that, that, you, th- that in you is as though it's now because it won't leave you. I'm living, it's not something in the future, it's, it's now because it won't leave me. I can't get away from that desire. I can't get away from preaching. I can't get, I can't get away from uh, whatever it is that, you, that you're going after. I can't get away. I gotta be a doctor. I gotta be an investor. I gotta be an athlete. I've, I've gotta be the, and it's not something, uh, though Terry, wait for it. Because it will surely come to pass. Now watch this. Wait a minute. But if, if, it, if you ain't living and behaving like it's now and not somewhere off into the future, it probably isn't your vision. If it ain't written down in your heart, don't sit around and wait on it to come. Because it's not coming. That's not you. So many people struggle, young people, teenagers, young adults. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to become? How am I supposed to be? Where am I college? What, is, what should I trade? What should I? And so we just poke around at things, seeing if something will stick. And that's a good thing. But there is a shortcut between where you are and where God wants you to be instead of just poking around and making the next 10 years of your life a college experience. And still at the end, don't even know what you want to be when you grow up. There are those people out there. You want to you want to you want to cut some time out of that? This the the quickest way between two points is a straight line. You've got to get the faith of God on the inside of you. You got to have a personal relationship with God on the inside of you. That's when desires are developed in the presence of God in your life. 
if you, and, and if you just gave your heart to God to get a ticket to, to ride the, the, the heavenly train, and you're not exercising your faith, if you're not seeking God, if you're not standing on the watchtower to see what he would say, but you got a mushy muscle of faith, then you're still going to be part of those that are just poking around. But you love Jesus, and you're going to heaven. But you can't figure this life out. You can't figure out what you want to be when you grow up, and where you want to go, where you want to end up, or what God has called you to do. I get it. It was 22. I was 22 before I gave my life to Christ. And after I got saved, I thought I wanted to do thus and such. And I thought I wanted to be this. And I thought I wanted to do that. But as I kept seeking God in his word, kept showing up the church and worship, kept seeking him on my face in prayer, kept dedicating my life to his word and saying, hey, where are you at in here? Where's my life in here? Where's my purpose at in here? It's in the book. What'd you, what'd you call me to do? It's not out here somewhere. It's in the book. It's in the pursuit of God. And then those desires are developed. Those talents and gifts are revealed. That grace is revealed. How big that arm can be and how rock solid that muscle can get and the capacity to which it can grow. It's all in the book. The world and the world system of thoughts, opinions, and ideas tells you and gives you a certain path. You must be this. You must do this. This is the path to success, and this is what you must do. And, and, and if you're totally, wholeheartedly devoted that, to that system and you operate within its principles, you might come to a place of success in your life as it pertains to this physical world. But you can't translate any of that into the next life unless it's dedicated to him. I say this every week. I'll say it again. Love C.J. Stroud. Great athlete. Great, great man. Wonderful game yesterday. Uh, and then he goes to an interview. The first thing that he says, the platform, the talent, the capacity that God gave him, the first thing that he says, she asked a question that's on some other track of his performance. He said, first of all, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gives me the ability and the talent and the blessing to do this. He's translating that gift and talent to an eternal purpose so that when he leaves this planet and that talent is gone, it has translated from this life to the next life. What's he doing? He's putting the reward out there. Now, this is great, but the greater reward isn't this. With this microphone in my hand and these television cameras watching me and my talent on display, it's what's he saying? Don't worship me. This ain't me. This came from him. And so whether you're a great truck driver, a great investor, a businessman, a doctor, a nurse, whatever you find yourself doing, management, it don't matter. Always recognize that that came from God. It may not be the end of where your journey, it may just be the start of your journey, not the end of the thing, but the sooner you acknowledge, wait a minute, acknowledge what? Thank you, Lord. You gave me breath this morning. Thank you, Lord. My feet work today. 
thank you, Lord, you gave me a job to go to. Thank you, Lord, that I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Thank you, Father. I'm going to give you the glory and take every opportunity you give me to shine for you today. Start. You don't start out there. I got to live on that side of the of the town. I've got to. I got to drive that car. Oh, come, come on. When you get there, that car won't be enough. And when you live there, that neighborhood won't be enough. There's always more of that to go after. But when you get there, you'll find out that it's all vanity and vain. It's empty. It's just a tool to give glory to God. I live in this house because God be the glory. I have this job because God be the glory. I have these children because God be the glory. What's that? That's living by faith. Appropriating everything in your life by faith to the one in whom we have to do. So, the just shall live by faith. Yeah, the just shall live by faith. Now, you can write this down. I've already quoted it, and you can look at it later so you don't think I'm making it up. James chapter 2 and verse 26 says, Faith without works is dead. Okay, so let's break this down a little more. James 2 and 26. Faith without works is dead. That measure of faith God gave you without exercise is dead. What does that, what does that mean? Dead or death is, means separation. So if somebody dies and you go to their funeral, you see their body, but they're not in there anymore. They've separated from their body. They've, they've, where'd they go? Well, one of two places, and that's for another time. But they didn't ex- cease to exist. They just aren't there. Their ghost has left the shell. So they're separated from their body. So faith without works is what? Separated. What's it separated from? It's separated from the ability to produce that which God intended it for. You're a producer. Your faith is a producer. Your faith wants to produce for you. Ultimately, your faith is producing eternal life for you. Right? So your faith is a producer. If your faith is alive, it is producing for you. Now we can talk about and break it down to producing all of the, the, the accolades and all of the, the, uh, uh, all the, the, the treasures of this world and this life. But the first thing that your faith should be producing is that which cannot be touched, cannot be handled. Your faith should be producing, number one, peace in your life. Something you can't see. You cannot see it. You either have it or you don't. But it's not tangible. But you can see the evidence thereof. You should have peace in your life. If you're exercising your faith and your faith is getting stronger and you're in this word and you really understand what faith is, and I haven't even got there yet. It should be, the evidence should be peace in your life. The evidence should be joy in your life. The evidence should be victory in your life. When? When everything's going all right and going right on around you and everything's lining up just the way you want it? No. When everything's going crazy around you. When everything's falling apart around you. When you're being persecuted for what you believe. 
when you're, when you're being arrested for the preaching of the gospel, when your family would excommunicate you for having a Bible. Your faith should be producing that daily victory in your life, regardless of your circumstance. Well, I didn't, my dream, I didn't get accepted. They didn't give me the house. I didn't get this, my dream and that. And she left me and he left me and, and they made fun of me. And, they did, and, and then you'll be, and you lose your joy and you lose your peace over it. You're not standing anchored by the word, not being moved by the buoyancy of your emotions. Oh, it doesn't mean you're absent emotion. It just means no matter what the emotion, I'm not moved. <laughs> Somebody say amen. The Bible says in Hebrews that God has given us this word at, for an anchor for our soul. So if you've been going like this on an emotional roller coaster and you haven't been moved in your faith, you're anchored, man. You should give yourself a high five. Because life is filled with buoyancy and emotional trauma and turmoil and, and, and happiness and sadness and, and expectation and disappointment. But I'm anchored. I shall, I shall not be moved. Oh, you might play with the way I feel about a thing, but I ain't moving off of this. This is my anchor because I know this will come and go. But if I hold on to this, this is, I'm anchored to joy. I'm anchored to peace. I'm anchored to hope. I'm anchored to God. I'm anchored to eternal truth. I'm anchored. This cannot change this and I'm smart enough to know it. Too many people allow this to change this. And they get tossed around to and fro with every little wind of doctrine and every little disappointment and every little uh, tragedy. And I'm not making light of your tragedy or your disappointment. I mean, it's a thing. But are you anchored? Because it's coming to everybody. You won't get out of this life without disappointment and tragedy. You'll never find an unscarred champion in this word. Are you anchored? That's right. You better believe it, buddy. Hold on. Turn to your neighbor and say, hold on. Yeah. I'm anchored, baby. <laughs> Don't be too hard on yourself if you're, st if you're staying anchored. Sometimes we're way too hard on ourselves because of the way we allow our emotions to mess with our head. But don't be too hard on yourself if you're still anchored. Because if you're still anchored, there's still hope. If you're still anchored, there's still expectation. If you're still anchored, this can change. And whatever's causing this can change. But if you become unhinged and become unanchored, then this out here is going to affect this here. You're just going to be moved. 
You're going to be moved off of what you believe. So many people used to believe in God. I don't believe anymore. I used to believe in Jesus, but I don't believe anymore. I used to, but I've deconstructed. No, you've unanchored yourself. Because something over here got you upset, got you offended, got you mad at God. <laughs> oh, you can be mad at God if you want to, but don't unanchor yourself, man. He is God, and he knows something you don't know. You can't figure out an infinite in your finite mind. He's not required to answer your why, but he will give you peace when you don't understand if you stay anchored. This is the God we serve. So, huh, the just shall live by faith. James 2 and 26. Study this. Read it. Faith without works is dead. All right, now let's go to Hebrews. Now this, <laughs> this is interesting. This is real interesting. Where you at, Hebrews? Somebody else has probably already found it. And I'm the preacher. I don't even know where it's at. <laughs> you got the stickers? Oh, Hebrews, don't let me down. Where are you at? They're watching me. They're looking. <laughs> it ain't there. It's, it's where to it go. It's, isn't it by James or something? There it is. I found it. I found it. See? Hebrews chapter 11. Man, if you grab this today, I think this can be life-changing. I don't say that lightly. But if you can get this today, or at least adopt the possibility that I can, I can get this. Chapter 11 and verse 1. The whole chapter is good says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Oh, I love this chapter. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed, how? By the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. That means everything was spirit before it was material. And quantum physics is finally finding that out. Science is catching up with the word of God. Ain't that something? By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gift. And by it, he being dead, yet it speaketh. Whew power of faith. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not even see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had a testimony that he pleased God. Can you imagine pleasing God so much that you don't even taste death? Enoch was and he was not for God took him. God just said, uh-uh, I need you. I want you up here with me. 
Everyone else is living to be 900. Enoch got out of here like 365 or some change like that. I don't even know. God took him. Verse 6, so powerful. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. A lot of Christians don't believe that God's a rewarder. How do you know? They don't seek him. Okay. But if you really believe that God is a rewarder of those that seek him, then you would diligently be seeking him. There is a reward for that. It may not be the reward that your flesh wants or the reward that your materialistic ambition desires, but rewards that go much deeper than that, spiritual than that, everlasting than that. The reward of me diligently seeking God from the age of 22, regardless of my emotional buoyancy and my personal successes and failures, you can look at my children. That's my reward. And if you stay anchored, you're going to say that someday too. I don't care how crazy your kids look right now. Stay anchored because they're watching you. Don't let their unanchor you. You stay anchored. And this will calm down, and this will change, and this will come around. How do you know? Because I've lived through it. It doesn't come overnight. I've lived through some craziness with my kids. Decades of it. Why did the change come? And why is the change coming? Because I stayed anchored. It's a foundation that can't be moved. And human conscience and self-awareness will always gravitate towards stability and foundation. Because this gets old out here. And the only way you handle it without running back to stability is sticking something in your arm or putting something in your gut or smoking something to escape the reality. But when they're tired of escaping and that vacuous chasm is never filled, they're going to come out looking for someone that's anchored. Kids may think you're crazy. Your family may think you're crazy. But when trouble comes on all sides, they're looking for stability. They're looking for someone that's anchored, someone that knows in whom they have believed, someone that knows in what they believe, someone that understands what they're standing for and that wasn't shaken by every wind of doctrine and every lie of the devil and every fake religion out there trying to shipwreck your faith. I know in whom I have believed. There's evidence for what I have believed. We know that Jesus was alive. We know that Jesus walked the planet. We know that he did good works and good deeds. We know that they persecuted him. We know 
know that he was born of a virgin birth. We know that he lived a sinless life. We know that his blood was shed on Calvary. We know that they crucified him and put him in a tomb. We know because three days later he was raised from the dead. We know that because over 500 witnesses saw him. We know that because graves of the saints of the past in paradise popped open. We know that because 40 days later he ascended on high. We know that 10 days after that he gave us the Holy Spirit, the spirit to which he was operating in. We know that because they tried to bury it and they couldn't keep it down. We know that because the Bible is the greatest selling life changing book that's ever been written on this people planet because it's not someone's digestion of their philosophy of life. My God, man, it is the living word of God and put your hope and trust in it. I believe it, man. I feel him in my bones. I can't detach from his truth and my conscience, which falls under conviction when his moral holiness is violated. I am terrestrial and I know it. He is celestial and I know it and I must cover myself in my nakedness and shame I must put clothes on it and in the natural I got a jacket I got shoes I got underpants I got shirt I got I got socks and breeches but spiritually, I got the blood of Jesus. I got the Holy Ghost of God. I'm covered. All right. I ain't even got to it yet. Should I save it for next week? Uh-huh. All right. So. Now, faith is. So think about that. In other words, faith is now. Faith is right now. Right now. Present. Now. Now, how many nows have you had since you woke up this morning? One now. Now is in a moment in time. Now is now. Ever present. Singular one. Now has eternal properties. Because it's singular. It's ever-present. So it's a continual. Now doesn't stop. Now is now. What does that mean? Faith is now. So, is faith yesterday? Mm. Why? Because it isn't now. Is, is faith tomorrow? Hmm. Because it's not, you can't go there. Because you're measuring it in time. The system by which we measure duration. 
You're a spirit being. You're eternal. Oh, I can't. I can't. Let me do. All right, here. So now faith is. Faith is right now. And you must live by faith right now. You are justified by faith right now. Your right now faith is dead without works. You have a measure, the measure of faith right now. Right now. Okay? So faith is active now. Or it's dead now. So, if faith is right now, and something happened yesterday, last year, when you were a child, when you were growing up, when you were a young adult, Back here. If something happened back here. And you're. Right now. Can you go back there? Can you get back there? Can you get back to that? Is it possible for you to get back to that? Oh you. It may have happened. But it's here, and you can't get there from now. Or tomorrow, next week, next month. Let me tell you what's out here. How am I going to pay my bills? Who am I going to marry? What am I going to be when I grow up? Are my kids going to ever straighten up? Am I going to be sick? Is it going to kill me? All that worry, all that anxiety, all that panic. Is out here. But faith is now. So the scripture says, we can dissect it next week, and I'm going to close. The scripture says that anything that is not of faith is sin. Interesting. Now, there are sins on to death and sins that are not on to death. All sins are not equal. There are sins that will send you straight to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. But there are sins that are not on to death. So, if you're out here, if you're here and you're worrying about what's out here, this faith is dead. 
If you're here depressed about what happened, being manipulated by those emotions, being controlled by that past behavior, being whipsawed by that old failure, being to, and always condemning yourself and, and living in rejection and, and living in the fear of your past or you're living in the fear of your future. You're not now. You know, they say, I mean, would you get shocked or something happened? Get a hold of yourself, man. Come here now. Get here now. Because that ain't real. There's, you can't bring that reality to now. You're living in unreality. You're not living in reality. So if this, which is no longer reality, is affecting your now, you're going to be very disappointed. You're going to be very manipulated. You're going to be very controlled. And your faith will be dead. And it's only your faith that gives you the answer to get out of it and move the mountain. If you're living in a place that no longer exists... You're going to drive yourself crazy. You're going to be manipulated and controlled. And you're not living by faith. Oh, everyone's had a cup of sorrow, man. Everyone's done things they're ashamed of. Things they don't want written on the front page of the newspaper. Things that they, they, they wish that wouldn't have happened. Things they did and things that happened that they didn't do but were blamed for. Everyone has that. But if this is affecting this, you're living in a place that no longer exists. Paul said, forget those things which are behind you. Well, my daddy left me. My, my daddy wasn't there. My mama was abusive. I was molested. I'm a, nah, nah, nah. It, nah, nah, nah. I was a bad person. I shouldn't have, oh, I feel so dirty for that. I shouldn't have done that. You should have had enough of that then. <laughs> But this is now. You got to have the faith. Take that measure. If, if this, if that is controlling this, if then is controlling now, you got a mushy muscle. I can see right now. I can counsel you till the cows come home. But you're not putting faith inside of your spirit and causing your muscle to grow. You're letting your faith lay dead. Oh, it's enough to get you to heaven because you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But are you going to live the rest of your life manipulated in a world that no longer exists? You better forgive it and you better forget it or you can continue to live in the misery that you allow from a reality that no longer exists and the Bible says it is sin. Wow. Turn to your neighbor and say, preach that. Preach that. 
Let it go, man. Stand up for what you believe in. You're not anchored. You're being tossed around by something that ain't even real anymore. Are you crazy? Are you just like being abused by a place that no longer exists? Satan's got his talons in you, man. I had to forgive my daddy. I had to forgive that molestation. I had to forgive myself. I had to forgive that dr- those drugs. I had to forgive the people that I hurt. I had to forgive myself because I hurt them. I had to forgive. I had to let go. I had to forget. Are you going to forgive, let go, and forget? Well, they haven't forgave me. That's their problem. <laughs> you hurt me. You hurt me. Now, shut up. Give your heart to Christ and set yourself free and quit making excuses for your addiction and your sin and your depravity and your pornography and your perversion and your depravity. And I already said that once. But if that which is righteous can be held by that which is unrighteous, Satan has got a hold of you. Well, I'm afraid I'll lose them. Lose them, baby! Or lose yourself. You're taking the power of God out of his hands because you still allow your past to manipulate you. And not only do you keep allowing that to hold you by virtue of them holding you, you're holding God's hand from getting to them. I know what I'm talking about. I'd be like 60, and I've seen a lot, okay? You're just saying, God, I don't trust you with that. I've got to work it. i got to manage it. i got to massage it. i got to excuse it. After all, it is my fault. Yeah, it's your fault that Christ died on a cross too. You should be more worrying about that than this. Because if you're not in faith, you're saying what he did on the cross and by virtue of your iniquity and sin, you put him there, you're saying that's not enough. I got to get my hands in there and fix it. No, you got to be now. That's, that no longer exists. You got to be now. What do I do now? Why? Because faith is now. Oh, I got to go. And if that's not your issue, maybe this is your issue. <laughs> And you're worrying about what's going to happen. And you're worrying about what they're going to do. And you're worrying about what's going to become them. And you're worrying about your future. You're worrying about your bills. You're worrying about your... And you're back here. 
work in it. She's working it to help you be relieved of worry. You're working it. You got a little, take that anxiety thing because I'm working it because that's, I'm afraid of it. It's, that ain't real. That ain't real. That's not there. That's you bringing this from here to here and worrying about it and fearing about it and fretting about it and killing your faith. Take no thought for tomorrow. What are we doing? We're learning how to bring faith into action in our life. I'm not saying you can't feel nothing. I already went through that. You can feel. But get a hold of yourself. You can you can have a a little regret, and I wish I hadn't, I wish I didn't, and doggone it, and things could have been that. <clears throat> okay. Get a hold of yourself, man, woman. Faith is right now. So, if I want to have the God kind of faith, and I'm closing. Mark 11, 22 to 24 says, Have faith in God. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart those things which he prays, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So, if you are going to have the faith of God, you have to believe and behave as though it's already done. What, what, what is that? Forgiveness already done. I, I'm a pray- Jesus cursed the fig tree. The next day, the disciples saw it. And they said, the tree of which you cursed yesterday has dried up and withered. And they said, it must have happened when he said it. They didn't see it, but it happened when he said it. You may not see it, but you believe it as it happened when you said it. 
I forgive myself. I forgive what they did. I forgive what they said. I forgive that offense. You may not feel it, but it must happen when you say it, no, long, no matter how you feel about it. Because like the fig tree, it happened when he said it. It took 24 hours for it to manifest. If you believe it, when you say it, and you're, you behave accordingly, the emotion of it will die. You're killing that emotion. You're killing that pain. You're killing that rejection. Why? Because you believe it when you say it, and you got corresponding actions that match what you say. Oh, this ain't really a matter of heaven and hell. This is a matter of mountain-moving faith has to come from people that are anchored in their faith like a mountain. I'm anchored like a mountain. What's going to happen? I don't need to know all that. People come to you all the time wanting you to know something. Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? I didn't hear. I don't want to hear. It's none of my business. Don't make it my business and drag me into something that doesn't concern me trying to whipsaw my emotions and rattle my faith. But people are so, guess got to know. I don't want to know. Do you know what happened to me? I don't know what happened to you. We can talk about it. We can discuss it. And we can counsel on it. Then I have to say, all right, heard that, got that, understand that. Now I got to ask you a question. Do you know what happened to Jesus? Because if this has still got you rocked, then you really don't know what he did. It is enough. Turn to your neighbor and say, it is enough. Don't be condemned. You're still anchored. Don't be stuck. Or, or, or don't, be, don't be like, oh, gosh. Now, if you're convicted and God's saying, hey, give that to me. That's why he says, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You're worrying about something that may never happen. And you're over here today, right now, trying to manipulate circumstances to prevent something from happening. That's what Job did with his kids. He was offering sacrifice to God for their unrighteousness. And the Bible says the very thing he feared the most came upon him. I'm not trying to manipulate God's hand to, to prevent something that's not even here yet. But I will pray. I will speak the word. 
I will declare the word over my family, over my future, and over my life. I will allow God's desire to grow big in my heart so I know which direction to go and what gifts and graces that he's given me to be a producer in this life for his kingdom. Yes, I will do that. But if you're out here, if you're here trying to control this here and you're trying to control someone else's outcomes and you're trying to control someone else's future and you're trying to control... You're trying to take away someone's future will. You're trying to take away their choice. God doesn't give us that right. People say all the time, why don't God just show up and show himself? Why is he so arbitrary? If he showed up, the choice is gone. You'll know. And faith is no longer needed. And then love is no longer choice. Father, I pray for my family. I pray for my unsaved loved ones. I pray those family members in my family that are addicted. I pray those family members that are lost and don't know you. I pray for those that have turned their back on God. I pray God you send laborers into their harvest field. I pray God that you that you reveal yourself to them in a strong and mighty way. But God, one thing I don't pray is that I get the chance to make up their mind for them. You gave them a God-given right to choose. Just like I had the God-given right back here to choose. I pray for my coworkers and my classmates. And I pray, God, that you open their eyes. I pray the blinders come off their eyes. I pray you send laborers into their harvest field. And God, I pray that they'll see the light of your love. I pray, God, that their blinders will come down. I pray, Father God, you reveal yourself to them. And my hope is that they choose you. But that decision's out of my hands. And that kind of prayer has no power. That power stands upon itself. It's the ability to choose life or death, blessing and cursing, heaven or hell, right or wrong. But I pray, God, I pray. You're activating your right now faith. Father, forgive them, for they know what not what they did. Forgive me for the way that I was. Forgive me, and I repent of my behavior. Forgive me, God, for the things that I did. And I forgive those that rejected me and molested me. I forgive those, Lord God, and I forget those things which are behind me. I thank you, God, Father, that you brought me out and that you opened up my eyes and you brought me to myself, and I am here right now forgiving, forgetting, and letting go. Faith is alive in you. Well, what if they can't and what if they don't? That's their choice. 
if you're behaving in such a way to try to manipulate someone else's choice, you're really involved in witchcraft. There's just some things you've got to surrender to God. I'll help all I can help. And I'll do everything that I can do. And there is a day that you, you can't exhaust my help. You can't exhaust my grace. You can't exhaust my efforts. You can't exhaust it. There will come a time if you don't accept everything that I've done and given and said and been able to sacrifice and do, there's going to come a time that you're going to have to find yourself at the hog pen eating the husk because you've taken it out of my hand. There come a time when God say, let them go and let me have them. You know why you won't let them go and let God have them? Because you're afraid what God might do. Now you want to play judge. God knows where everybody's wits end is. God knows the address of everybody's hog pen. God knows the address of where the husk lies. God knows where it's at. And if that's where they need to go, then God will put it on their GPS and you keep trying to reroute it and reroute it and reroute it. Let them go. Let God Now, faith is hardest thing I've ever had to do is let go. I can't go into it, but there's a time I had to let my own mother go. I had to let my own kids go. I just had to let it go. What do you mean? You don't. You didn't care any no anymore. No, I just found out I'm, I I can't do it. Only this is a job for God. And I pray hedge of protection. And I pray, Lord God, that you keep them. And I pray, uh, like Job, Satan, do what you will, but you can't kill them. And you're going to find out in the end they belong to me. In the end that I've had an eternal plan for them. In the end that they're chosen. And nothing can pluck them out of my hand. Mm. Oh, Lord. We love you, Jesus. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, God. I pray that I've not offended, but I pray your word convicts us. I pray, God, that you speak to us. There's some things I got to let go of that ain't real. There's some things I got to let go of that ain't there no more. There's some things in my past that I'm holding on to. I'm living in a land that no longer exists. Get a hold of yourself, man of God, woman of God. Come here, come here right now and get a hold of yourself. And let now faith change your life and change your future and change your direction. Let the grace of God and the faith of God move that mountain out of your way. That mountain of fear and anxiety and worry. Let the faith of God move that mountain and live and act and breathe and behave as though it's already done. I know my baby's going to come to Jesus and I'm living like it's already done. I know my past is forgiven. 
forgiven and I'm living like it's already done. You may think I don't care. No, I just know. I got right now faith. I got mountain moving faith. And my kid's going to, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what they said. I don't care what they think of me. I know what the word of God says and I know in whom I have believed and I know I've trusted him and prayed. I know I've planted the seed. I know I'm standing on the rock. I know I've gone up and down. I know I've been buoyant, but don't you mistake my buoyancy as being unanchored. I know in whom I have believed. I shall not be moved. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. This is a family of God, and we know God has called us. He's chosen us. We're a peculiar people. We're a royal priesthood. We're a chosen generation. I've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I'm anointed to overcome. I'm anointed to prevail. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Don't make a mistake, devil. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. My past cannot manipulate me. My future cannot fear me. The actions of others will not control me. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I stand on the word of God. I declare a decree. I speak it as the Lord would speak it. I declare it as the Lord declares it. I know God and he is with me. She. Oh yeah. That's the God kind of faith. I pray God for every person under the sound of my voice. I pray God the word of God permeate their hearts. I pray God I've seen their faith. I've seen the way they stand. I've seen the sacrifices that they've made. I've seen the desire of their heart. I've seen Lord God and help us, Father God. Help us, Lord God. This is what we need help with right now. When to, when, when to, well, how much to hold on to and how much to let go of. I, I pray every person here yeah, that, that God to give you discernment. You're going through a situation and you've got total, you got your hands on it, but you're not getting anywhere and you're worried and you're afraid and you don't know what's going to happen. You got your hands on it. And I hear the Lord saying, yeah, you got your hands on it. There's some of that you need to let go of. I, I didn't say let go all of it. I just said some, let, let some, give some of that to me. Let me have that. That portion's mine. Don't let go of this. Just give me that. Yeah. No, God, I can't. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. No, just give that peace to me. Give that peace to me. Yeah, but it'll hurt, God. I know how bad it hurts. I've been there. I know the sacrifice that it takes. I know the denial that it takes. I know the emotions that have to be put in check. I know how anchored you have to be. How anchored are you? Are you anchored enough to give that portion to me? Do you trust me enough to give that portion to me? How much do you trust me? You say, my muscle ain't there yet, but here, all right, get in the word, get in the word. I'm not ready yet. Get in the word here. Get in the word, get in the word, get in the word, get in the word. Come on, seek God in his word. Seek God in his word. Build your faith muscle. Get that muscle rock solid so you can make the choices that need to be made. So you can, you, you can do what needs to be done. So you can make the sacrifices that need to be made. So you can make the decisions that are hard. So you can look at adversity and controversy right in the face and say, I know this may not seem 
right. I know it may not feel right. I know it may not look right. I know they might talk about me for it, but I've been to the mountain of God and I know what he's told me. And if I don't take that step of faith, this will never change. This won't go anywhere. This is my life of misery and it's only going to attract more misery. This is a life of despair. It's only going to attract more despair. This is a life of depression. It'll only attract more depression. I refuse. I refuse it. I refuse the confusion. I refuse the doubt and unbelief. You will not shipwreck my faith and your behavior will not manipulate me. Yes, I care for you. Yes, I would die for you. But bless God Almighty, I'm standing on the Word of God and right is right and wrong is wrong and I've had enough and get yourself right with God or I'm turning you over to Him. Yeah, but you don't know. Your faith is dead. Yeah, but your faith is dead. That's what I'm going to say. Your faith is dead. You're not now. You're then or you're tomorrow. You're not now. You keep making excuses for what God wants you to do and behave. You're killing your faith. You're making it void of its power to change lives. We just ain't God. And we can't make God do things the way that we want Him to do them. He reserves that right to Himself. And you have enough faith to endure it. Oh, Lord God Almighty. I love you, Jesus. I pray. I got to quit. Lord, I, I pray. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. Those that are watching today online. I know, God, you've pricked my heart today. This word has, has it's pricked me, Lord God. It's even offended me a little bit, God. It's, oh, Lord God. But I submit myself to your word. I submit myself to faith. I, I submit myself, Lord God, change. I want my faith present with me. Lord, I want to faith. Come on, make that your prayer. Lord God, bring me. I'm grabbing a hold of my, get a hold of myself. I'm getting a hold of myself. I'm shaking myself. I'm getting a hold of myself. I'm coming from the past. I'm coming from the future. I'm here right now. I'm present. My faith is right now. And I will move mountains with that faith in the name of Jesus. I will speak God's word. I'll declare his word. I won't be manipulated by my future, by my past, by the government, by the politics, by other religions, by my neighbor, by my classmate, by my teacher, by my by my, by my boss. I, I won't be manipulated. I am right now faith and I'm taking it right now everywhere with me. It's a one it's a constant it's here right now it'll be here right now wherever I am right now take the limits off of God take the limits off of your faith take the limits off how do you take the limits off breathe life into your faith right now faith is oh father we love you I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sorry church I'm trying to hurry I'm trying to hurry I'm telling you someone someone 
someone's life is going to be changed because you are bringing your faith right now back to you. Your future is not going to steal your faith anymore. Your past is not going to steal your faith anymore. Your fear is not going to steal your faith anymore. Your rejection is not going to steal your faith anymore. The buoyancy of your emotions is not going to steal your faith anymore. Come back. Get a hold of yourself. I'm right here. I'm a man of God. Come on. Say that to yourself. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I'm a woman of faith. Thank you, Lord. You've forgiven me. You've forgotten me. Lord God, you know I got work to be done. You know that you got work to do on me. Good issue. Yes, Lord. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I will see the salvation of God. And my children will serve the Lord. And my children's children will serve the Lord. Because I'm anchored. And I have right now faith. And I cannot be moved. Uh, yeah. And I will not fear the decisions of other people. I don't care how much you love them. If it's your own baby and your own wife and your own mother, you cannot live in fear of the decisions they may or not make. You can, you can affect their decision if you stay anchored. You can cause them to question their decision if you stay anchored. Oh, Lord. Yes, Lord. Help me stay anchored, God. Just tell him, just say, Lord, help me stay anchored. This world's gone mad, Lord. Help me stay anchored. Everything's gone crazy around me. Help me stay anchored. I hurt every day. I, I'm in trouble on every side, Lord. Help me stay anchored. Lord, if it ain't one thing, it's another thing. If it ain't them, it's that, Lord God. Help me stay anchored, Lord. You see the turmoil. You see the ocean billows rolling around me, God. You see I'm almost overwhelmed and I can't take it. Help me stay anchored, Lord God. Someone's watching and their destiny depends on it. Lord God, help me stay anchored to the truth of your word. Help me stay planted to the truth of your word. Help me strengthen my faith muscle, Lord God. Help me stay anchored. Help me stay anchored, Lord. Oh, I'm going to tell you. Personally, I get up every day and there's portions of my life and my day every day I got to bring my mind and say shut up and get up and go why because I'm anchored I make myself do things I don't want to do I go places and do things I don't want to go and do why because I'm anchored it's what God requires it's what he's asking And all of you in this place watching online under the sound of my voice, I know you could take this microphone and say the exact same thing. 
I got to face this every day and I don't want to face it. I got to deal with it every day and I don't want to deal with it. I've got to look at it every day and I don't want to look at it. And these emotions attack me every morning and I don't want to feel it. Ay, 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 ay. The pain in my body. Ah, the dysfunction in my family. Lord, I'm overwhelmed. I've had enough. I've had enough. I know. Help me stay anchored, God. I am the anchor for my family. Men of God, quit laying around smoking dope, you billow. You're not a man, you're a mouse. You're no example. You have no faith. You're a Christian and your behavior because you won't exercise your faith and you won't become free of that which you know is affecting others and you're causing others to stumble, children around you to stumble because you don't have enough faith and you're not enough of a man to stop it. You're weak. You need to get up and wake up. The Spirit of God will not always strive within, oh Lord God. You're watching me online. You're seeing it. You're hearing it. You know God's talking to you. You act like God didn't make you a man. You act like God didn't give you what it takes to overcome. The devil is a liar. You're made in the image of God. Now get up out of that dirt and tend the garden and do what's required. Contend for the faith. Fight for your children and stagger. You want to escape. You want to live in a place that ain't real. That's why you're doping and drugging and porning and everything else. And your faith is dead as a result of it. And your life is a circular mess. Issue coming around, issue coming around, issue coming around. Your life is a circular mess. And you won't pull yourself up by your bootstraps as though God didn't give you the ability to do so. I speak to your spirit, man. I declare, man of God, get up out of the dirt. Woman of God, get up out of the dirt. Come out of that pig pen your daddy's got a coat of many colors and there's nothing he won't do for you quit eating the slop of pigs where are the men of God at you don't hear preaching like this anymore you won't hear you won't hear it People just let you live in your muck and smile at you. I'm blessed and highly favored. No, you a fool and your faith is dead and people are watching you and you're not anchored and you're affecting other people around you. And when you know better, and you excuse it away because you can't emotionally handle it. I'm just calling them in. This is just boot camp. You think what I'm saying hard? Join the Marines, man. Go to the SEALs. Yeah. Your men. And your future's in God. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for each and every one of them right now, God. Forgive me, God, if I've said something that's not of you today, Lord, forgive me. If I've gotten, if I stepped over your boundaries, Lord God, but if your word was upon my lips, God, I, I recant not. And Lord God, I, 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 I humble myself. I thank you. I love you. And I bless every person in here today. I pray, God, that you give them the desires of your heart. And I pray this word will change their life. And I pray, God, that their spirit comes alive. And they come and we, we, we become the men and women of God you called us to be in Jesus' name. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen.